The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. All right, folks, welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. You've got the whole GU team here today. you got Nikki Dunnigan. you got Dan Hauser. Nikki, how are you today? I'm so good. So good. Dan, you? I'm doing great. I mean, as great as we can be that the Masters is over for a whole nother year now, but I'm doing awesome. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Well, it is Monday, and we are a little bit late on the release for this podcast because we needed some time to recoup and to think about what happened, what we just witnessed, because I think it would be fair to say, listeners, that this was one of the more unique Masters that we've ever seen. I mean, for we had trees falling, for crying out loud, and we will definitely talk about that a little bit, but... We've got a long list of things we want to cover today in today's episode. Thanks to everyone who tuned in for the memoirs for Magnolia Lane series that, Nikki, you did another season. Those were fantastic. Thanks for bringing those in. The, yes. the door just shut behind you, and that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody back there. No, it was not a ghost. It was not a ghost, I promise. <laughs> yeah, so thank listen, you so much for yeah. tuning into those um, memoirs from Magnolia Lane series. Those were Really fun to record, really fun to share, um, and really fun to to dig into, um, and really unique, like really different stories, each and every one of them. So um, yeah, thanks again for for listening, and for those of you who didn't, they're still out there. So go give them a listen to if you're having a um, master's withdrawals already. <laughs> Yep, you can go out to the website, and there's uh, right under the podcast heading at the top, you can go to Memoirs from Magnolia Lane. You've got season one there as well. It's a really, really well put together uh, podcast series from uh, from Nikki. So, folks, we're going to talk a lot about Augusta from the last few days, from last week. Nikki, you were on site for a couple of reasons. One, you went to the drive, chip, and putt earlier in the week, and then, of course, you were there Wednesday what was it like? I know you've gone your entire life, but I think it was a pretty special event at the drive chip and putt this time around. Yeah. So, um, I spent all week leading up to the drive chip and putt crying my eyes out just in preparation, <laughs> knowing that we were going to get to take my son this year. Um, and the last time that he technically went was when I was pregnant with him in 2019. So, um, just knowing that like I was going to get to like actually hold his hand and walk through the gates with him for the first time. Um, I mean, I, I literally just sobbed every time I thought about it and like every commercial that I would see or like little promo I would see for the drive, chip and putt, I would just burst into tears. Um, (laughs) but as we, as we walked up to the gate, I was, I was actually, I was just kind of holding my breath, you know, a little bit because I was like, did I build this up too much in my head? Did I set like my, my expectations too high? Like, is this going to, am I going to leave at the end of the day and be just disappointed that like nothing, you know, nothing amazing happened or something. But 
you know, as we walk up to the gate and he's holding both of our hands and he's going, come on, come on. I want to see the golf. It just, it, it all just kind of melted. My worries just all kind of melted away and he just had the best time and I had the best time watching him and just knowing that, you know, he's now a fourth generation to, Mm. in our family to walk through those gates and to walk across those grounds was, um, was pretty big for us. So it was, it was great. And he had an amazing day. Um, there was one point we were walking up the hill from the scoreboard, like towards 18 and my husband was in front of him and he goes, wait for me, dad. And he starts running up the hill behind him. Everybody turns around and this, this older lady goes, no, young man, we do not run in Augusta. <laughs> and I mean, she said it very jokingly, of course. I mean, she wasn't chastising my son, right. but it just, it made me like choke up a little bit, just how nice everyone was being to him. And, and honestly, there were kids everywhere. I was a little worried because of how young he was, but um, there were kids everywhere, kids much younger than him. I mean, there were people with babies and baby carriers, which I had not really seen before because mm-hmm. um, this was our first time going to the drive, ship and putt, but he had a great time and he loved it. And he loved watching the kids. Um, he loved the ice cream sandwiches. Uh, he loved the snacks. <laughs> um, he kept asking, you know, well, can I go out there and golf? And he kept wanting to go under the ropes. And I kept saying, well, maybe one day, man, <laughs> um, that, would be, that would be great. <laughs> um, but no, he had an amazing time and we, we loved being there with him and just getting to kind of carry on that, that tradition with them. That's awesome. That's awesome. And now, having never been there myself. Um, and Dan, I don't know if you've been uh, to Augusta yet. I don't think so. No. Um, for the drive chip and putt, what is the, the feeling there? I mean, it's obviously not like a turn. Well, it is a tournament of of some sort, but is it a little bit different than the actual masters feel or is it all kind of still Augusta? Well, they don't sell beer there during the drive chip putt. So that's a big thing. You don't get it. You don't get any green cups. So if you're looking to go collect a stack of green cups during the drive chip and putt, that's one thing you can't do. Um, mm. No, I mean, it's still, it's still the feel of like Augusta. I mean, you still have the very like time honored traditions. You still have, um, you know, it's, it's still a very master's feel, but it is very, the whole day feels very family centered you know there's mm-hmm. um like almost all day long in front of the big scoreboard now granted the weather was amazing all day long right. there too so this kind of helped but all day long in front of the big scoreboard there were just families camped out like sitting on the grass eating their sandwiches together like with, with their kids and normally you don't see that normally in front of mm-hmm. the scoreboard you can't barely stand in front of it to see the names because there's just so many people crammed together standing there and so it was a very very different feel Mm -hmm. there um the crowd is much smaller um but also getting to just see the kids competing every single person is cheering for every single kid whereas on like a tournament day you hear a little bit of like yeah but i like this guy or like i wish that guy hadn't won or like well you know i don't like him because he went to live or like whatever it is you know but it, you don't hear any of that in the drive chip putt. It's like, man, I can't believe that girl hit it 250 yards. Like, or, you know, she made both putts. That's incredible. Or like, wow, yeah. she was here three years in a row. Like, I mean, everything is just so positive for every single kid. And it's, it, it's just a very positive environment all day long. That's incredible. Did you, and, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dan. I would say, I think everybody wants to know. I know I do. Did you get a family photo under the, uh, the big tree out in front of the clubhouse? We did. We got family photos everywhere. Um, I I planned our family outfits in July when I got the email that said we got the tickets. Um, so you are a planner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I I probably would have literally gone out and scripted my entire wardrobe mm-hmm. out if I if the day ever comes I go to the Masters. I will be war- scripting my wardrobe out months in advance too. So I can't even blame you a little bit for that one. Yeah. I panicked a little bit when like two weeks ahead of time when it said that might rain. I was like, I didn't think about rain. I didn't plan out for rain. What am I going to do if it rains? But thankfully it was beautiful weather and I didn't have to worry about that. But yes, we got many, many family photos that will go right next to our picture from 2019 when we went, when I was pregnant with him. So it was a nice, a nice contract. I kind of was kind of like had my fingers crossed. I know it was a real long stretch, but I was like, man, it would be real nice to have like a bookend of like, 
Tiger won in 2019 mm-hmm. when I went when I was pregnant with him. Maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I say based yeah. on some of the uh, based on some of the outfits some of these guys were wearing in the rain with those thick sweaters. I don't think you were the only one that might not have anticipated some That's rain right. being there this uh, this past <laughs> week because man, that had to have been uncomfortable for some of those guys. Woo. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and so uh, watching the drive, chip and putt at home, and I know Dan, you were watching a little bit as well, and we were watching, and it's just it's an incredible scene, and it you know you just validated Nikki, kind of like what we see on TV, where it's always so positive for everyone, and it's just a great little start to the week. And certainly, you were there Wednesday as well uh, for the uh, Wednesday at Augusta, where you were able to attend a few things. You ran into a few other mutual friends that we all know, Whitney and Sam, and a few others. Um, that was probably one of the more picturesque weather days, at least from what we could see and from the pictures you shared as well. Yeah, I could not have lucked out <laughs> with the weather on the two days that I was there. Um, and I will say this too. It was it was hot on Wednesday. It was 90 degrees. And there were we saw this one kid um, who walked past us who was so sunburned. I mean, he was like redder than I've ever seen anyone. And the guy sitting next to us goes, have you ever heard of sunscreen kid? And in the most Minnesota like accent, he goes, well, in Minnesota where we came from, there was just snow on the ground. I mean, he's walking like this so that his skin doesn't touch himself. And so, I mean, I think there were many, many of people who were just not prepared for the extremes of the Georgia weather that we saw, but Weather aside, um, I mean, you know, I'm from here. I'm used to the Georgia weather. And even I was like sweating in, in many places. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we we saw some amazing, amazing golf that day. We yeah. we camped out on the ninth green. So we were able to see the, the pretty much, you know, eight and nine um, on the par three. And so you know, we saw a few, a little few shots in the practice round. We saw them skip it, you know skip mm-hmm. it on the right. 16. Yep. Um, and, uh, we, for a couple of them, um, and then we went over to the par three and we camped out on nine for a little bit, but we saw all of every home one except for Bubba's cause Bubba was over on four. Um, but yeah, we saw all of those hole in ones. We, I actually got a pretty cool picture right as the, when Scotty and his group, they all decided to tee off at the exact same time. And I got mm-hmm. a really cool shot of them teeing off at the same time. And what was crazy is we did had no clue whose ball right. it was that went into the hole um, yeah. until they, you know, they knew obviously. And like, I think people watching on TV knew, but no, like, I say, we, I didn't, don't, we didn't even, we didn't even know. And you probably knew before we did because the TV coverage, nobody seemed to know what was going on until they literally walked up and saw what ball was in the hole. So yeah. you might've even Dan known before I, we did. <laughs> Dan and I had so a moment crazy. in the group chat. We were like, yeah, yeah. what happened? <laughs> Well, the crazy thing was that the group right before them was Seamus Power. Seamus Power hit a hole in one and Mm -hmm. they were still walking to the green. They hadn't cleared their balls off the green yet. And then Scotty's group decides to go and hit. Mm -hmm. Well, then Scotty hits a hole in one. So there's now two balls in the hole. (laughs) And so Seamus and his group walk up to the hole. And I don't even think they saw the Scotty's hole in one because Mm -hmm. when they walk up, I actually have a really funny picture of it all three of them are like looking into the hole going and like Keegan does this. And like, I have a picture of him doing this going, there's two balls in there. Like huh. who, whose is this? And then they're going, wait, did I make a hole in one? Like they're looking at each other. Like what, ha- what happened here? Who's whose ball is this? And the very, a lot of confusion happening on the green there because they're trying to figure out which one of these is actually yeah. ours. And it was a lot of, conf- and then, then we saw Scotty's name go up and then we realized it was actually Scotty's ball. So, on our end sitting there, there's just mayhem, you know, yeah. we're just screaming, trying to figure out, but all in all, it was <laughs> some of the craziest stuff we've ever seen. Cause we also had just seen Seamus powers hole in one on the hole right before that too. So it was just <laughs> madness. Yeah. It's funny because during the telecast really quick, they are interviewing Sam Burns, Scotty. And then I forget who else was in the group on the T. Oh, it was uh, Tom Kim, I think. And mm-hmm. they were joking whose ball hit the flagstick. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even think they knew at that moment during that interview with Michael Collins that somebody had made it. So all it was of them were like, it was me. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah, it was it was all it well, was all I, just craziness. I'm, I'm trying to think back too because obviously at the time it was crazy. And like Adam said, we were texting ourselves like, what is going on? Because nobody seemed to know what was going on. 
I don't even think that on the live ESPN feed that they got that hole in one. They basically had to slow mo it like almost like Zapruder film style <laughs> afterwards. And it was super grainy to show that like one ball hit the stick and dropped in and no one knew who it was at first. So it was definitely crazy. But uh, one question I have always wondered since you were now there this year on Wednesday, uh, obviously during the par three contest, all the golfers are playing and, and the fans are all over there. Um, is the rest of the, is the rest of the course in the area open? Like in theory, could you skip watching the par three as a fan and walk the course and basically have the whole thing to yourself? Or are you required to either be over there on the par three course or not be on the property essentially? So it, I think things changed slightly this year. They, the par three started at noon um, and the, they closed the main course around three um, okay. or they used to close the course this year. I think the technically the course was still open. Like if you needed to go, walk back through to get to that gate or something, but pretty much everybody was off the course at three. Um, they wouldn't really let you go walk the course or anything at three. We didn't head over to the par three course until around like one. So we were still, there were still a few people who weren't participating in the par three who were like wrapping up their practice rounds or something. Um, even some guys who were participating in the part three were wrapping up their practice rounds. So they had some, some long days out there, but um, yeah, I mean, theoretically, and even in previous years, you could kind of skip the par three and go walk the course. And it was a little less crowded, but there was a certain time during the day at the, like around three ish where they would say, okay, we're closing down the course. We've got to prep it for tomorrow. And you kind of had to get out of there. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. You know, what followed next, and listeners, I apologize. The listeners of this show know I got a big dog. You're probably going to hear the dog, so I apologize. But at any rate, what followed, of course, was the main event, and that was the Masters teeing off on Thursday. There were so many storylines going into this. It was the first time we were going to see, you know, the PGA Tour players and live golf on one golf course, you know, just battling it out. But, of course, all of the history and everything and all the picks that everyone wanted to uh, – uh, play well on the masters. And then we of course have this underlying narrative or worry about weather and boy, did it come? <laughs> I mean, I can't remember a time and correct me if I'm wrong guys, but I can't remember a time when an entire day of the masters has got washed out. Was there one that was recent? I think Zach Johnson's year, um, it poured, absolutely poured. I don't know if they, canceled a day but i do remember that it absolutely monsoon rained like that because it was just like we were wearing ponchos my shoes were absolutely ruined like it was mm -hmm. just miserable cold gross weather yeah it was nasty yeah and I, it doesn't look like it was much better this year and at least you know middle of the tournament of course we saw a lot that happened. I mean, we saw Tiger making the cut, you know, keeping that streak alive for most made cuts. And then, of course, the the not so great scene of him limping around because of his uh, plantar fasciitis that flared up. That is something that I think, you know, how much more are we going to see Tiger? It was almost uh, personally speaking. And you guys know I love the guy, as I know you both do, too. That was really hard to watch. I saw an interview today that where Jason Day said that one of the reasons why he actually withdrew from the 2022 PGA championship on Saturday was because there was like one of the screws in his foot was actually like pushing through his skin. Um, oh and so not saying that that was one of the reasons why he withdrew yesterday, but I think like, obviously things are worse than we realize they are. Um, mm -hmm. and like, we, I think we put a lot of pressure on tiger, you know, we think like, oh, well, he came back once he can do it again. Or like, oh, we, you know, oh, he's the goat. He can do anything or, oh, well, he loves Augusta. He would never withdraw like, okay, sure. He is the goat. He does love Augusta. He does, you know, he has made comebacks before, but like, we shouldn't expect him to keep doing it. Like we maybe should give him a little re like relief, you know, because, just because he's done it before doesn't mean we should continue to expect that much from him. Maybe we should give him a little bit of grace because he's done it so much. Like mm -hmm. let him, let him just be, you know, let him just yeah. enjoy playing. Like 
can we just let him be Sandy Lyle and make a plus 18, you know, in Augusta and just be satisfied that he's there. Right. Or is yeah, Tiger I mean, the type of person that we're never going to be satisfied with him being making a plus 18 in Augusta? You know, I don't know. The the fact that, well, first off, I mean, Adam, I think not in life, but you, you kind of had the, at first, the, even the idea of it when we were all kind of chatting on um, Saturday when everything got squashed and you're saying there's no way Tiger plays tomorrow. Like he's not going to go 28 in this weather, which I mean, and, and I instantly was like, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And then of course it took a little longer than I think we all thought it was going to be. He clearly, he clearly wanted to wake up Sunday morning and see how he was feeling. Obviously but the fact that he waited until what I think it was seven 30 uh, when they were resuming at yeah. eight to make that decision. But the fact that there's realistic conversations happening right now, not with anyone involving Tiger's camp, but involving, you know, the, the, the golf media and the pundits out there that are saying, I don't see him playing the next major because it's going to be in New York and it's going to be in May and the weather's going to be unpredictable. That should right. pretty much tell us where we're at uh, on the, the tiger train of life, so to say. Um, and that we are definitely, um, you know, <laughs> they say approaching the back nine. I think we are approaching uh whole 16 <laughs> at this yeah. point, the skip it hole. I think we're getting to that point where he's going to skip it. Um, <laughs> As far as where his career uh, is at, um, you know, it's it's more like, yeah, he'll play the majors, but I think we'll start to see him more um, skip majors that might not be conducive to his body weather-wise. Like, basically, if there's going to be a major outside of the Masters, I think that would be the exception. But other than that, if there's going to be a major where it's not going to be 80 and sunny all week, he might leg- he might actually, you know, we might start seeing him skip more of them or have second thoughts about mm-hmm. whether he wants to put his body through um, through the elements, which will be interesting because he loves the open championship. You know, he said, he said much, but he, that, that entire country is mm-hmm. every day is unpredictable, unpredictable right. weather and it can be cold and rainy and windy. So um, I do think it'll be interesting to see what he does come British open time because the weather is probably not going to be great. And uh, the, f- the flight over and the weather there, and it, it's just not going to go do do him good um, right so it's a question of whether he's just going to want to try to force it and play anyway because it is the open championship or if he just says you know what i'll see you guys stateside and uh just kind of hang back but yeah the fact that it's not even a guarantee that he's going to play all four majors in a year anymore now is is says a lot about where we're at uh as, yeah. as far as him and where he's at in his life as well I agree with you and I agree with both of you. And I think, you know, at this point, my whole take on it is anything we get from Tiger right now is gravy. And he's done so much for the game to make it how it is right now. Um, He's established a really good point for the PGA Tour. And it's it comes at a time, of course, as we all know, when there is the competing live tour now. And for three days, it seemed like a live tour golfer was going to take this thing in Brooks Kepka, And First and foremost, I mean, regardless of whatever tour he plays on, Brooks Kapka in a major playing that way is probably one of the coolest things to see, in my opinion, at least. I mean, the guy's got four, and I don't know, at least when he's firing on all cylinders, like he did for a long time this week, there's not many people that can beat him until he starts to beat himself a little bit which mm-hmm. I think is what we ended up seeing uh, certainly on the marathon Easter Sunday. What were your guys' uh, impressions on uh, Brooks's play over the week? I did find it a little tad bit ironic that hole number 55 was when things started to unravel for him. Um, you know, um, but <laughs> jokes, live jokes aside and, and all those jokes aside. Um, yeah. Listen, Brooks Kepka in the majors is a whole different beast. Um, it's just, you know, they say horses for courses. Um, I think he that's that's him, but for majors, because outside of the Masters, every majors, you know, played a different course. Um, and even if, even, you know, he had he he's the, he needs the Masters to complete the career Grand Slam. Obviously, he very easily could have had it this year um, in 2019. He was right there. Obviously, none of us are going to be upset with what happened in 2019 with the ultimate winner there because it was Tiger. But he was right there at the end in 2019, too. So I feel like it's only a matter of time. Well, I, I, I'd like to think it's only a matter of time. But then you have guys like Rory, who we've been saying for 10 years now, it's only a matter of time. And every year that passes now, it seems like we're further and further away from uh, that only a matter of time mantra with him. 
Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons, and if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum, so you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more. Well, then you also have the question of the world golf rankings and his qualifications still er like earning him a spot to continue to return to the masters because, um, you know, there's people like Phil will get to keep coming back. People like Sergio, people like Bubba, they're guaranteed to keep coming back. Um, you know, Brooks, a second place finish, at the masters, he'll get to come back next year, but does he, you know, how, how many times is he going to like get to keep coming back based on his finishes on his live tour? That's he'll, the, he'll that's get till, the question. He'll, he'll get till 2028. Cause he has that 10 year exemption from his 2018 us open win. But yeah. Um, once that, yeah. Past 2028, he's basically, well, for all we know, he might be back on the PGA Tour by then, but that's besides the point. In theory, if Liv is still going and it still has not receiving uh, world golf rankings, he'll essentially have to win it by 2028 to guarantee he gets back anytime past then. Yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned the buyer's remorse almost a little bit uh, that we were kind of hearing rumblings about regarding Brooks Kepka. Now, we haven't heard anything overt, I would say, but we noticed a few things. Um, we were talking about the absence of the live uh, logo in any way on his, on his person. Uh, but uh, we also know that that's a deal of exclusivity through Nike. Um, and that is something that needs to get re-upped within the next couple of years. If I remember right, what I read uh, earlier today, but that being said, if, if anything we saw from the Netflix documentary full swing is to be believed, this is a guy that isn't 100% sure about anything, it seems like to me. And seeing him play the way that he did, getting so close to winning the Masters, that could have been a huge career turning point one way or the other. He could have said, you know what, maybe things are going well for me at Live Golf. I'm going to stick around here, you know, whatever. Or it could have pushed him back to say, I can still compete with these guys because let's face it. I don't know how you guys, well, I do know how you guys feel, but the competition at live isn't what it is on the PGA tour, no matter what others lead us to believe. I think um, Claire Rogers did a really good, um, she had the, a video with uh, Brooks's wife, Jenna um, called the scoop. Um, and they talked about how Brooks's vulnerable vulnerability. Oh, that word always trips me up. Um, and how, you know, Brooks is, and how the Netflix show kind of showed that side of him a little bit more um, and kind of opened him up a little bit more. And I think, I think, I mean, maybe this is my own kind of interpretation of both the Netflix show and then that conversation. Um, and then also just watching him play this week after his win on the live tour. But I personally, I don't think he really cares what tour he's with, what the team name is on his show. I think he just wants to be winning I just think he wants to be playing well. I don't think he really cares if it's with Liv, if it's with PGA. I just think he wants to have his swing the way like that it is. I think he wants to be like back in the winner's circle, whether that's on the Live tour, whether that's on the PGA tour, whether you know, whatever that is. I think he just wants to be holding those trophies and feeling like he's back up there in conversation with the winners and not in conversation with the people saying, Oh, but Oh, what could have been? Oh, well, he hasn't won in a while. You know, he doesn't want to be a part of those conversations. He wants to be a part of the like, wow, look at Brooks. He came out and won four right away. Wow. Brooks is so great. Wow. This is a, he's a powerhouse. Like he wants to be part of those conversations again. I don't think he really cares which torts, which torts on. So it, it was interesting too, because I, I can't remember what day it was, but it was early in the week, but it was prior Thursday. Um, he was asked about 
you know, his decision to go to live and if he had had any regrets. And while he did reiterate the fact that he was happy with the decision he made, he also did say that the timing of live coming around and being an available option to him uh, played a factor too, because at the time when live was courting all these guys, he was not healthy. And so it, it, he probably in his mind, he's thinking to himself, I need to just take the money where I can. Cause as we saw in the Netflix documentary, he wasn't sure if he was ever going to be able to compete at that, as he put it, Scotty Scheffler level ever again. So, and he even came out and said, he said, yeah, you know, if I had been healthy and a hundred percent and playing like I used to play at the time, it probably would have been a more difficult decision to make. I might've more strongly considered staying on the PGA tour, but and now this is all paraphrasing, of course, but essentially, you know, because he wasn't hundred percent and that check was, was, was presented to him, he took it. And, and I think that, and that's why, and we talked about this when we did our episode after full swing was, um, made me appreciate and understand Brooks and his decision a little more. And we talked about how some of these guys would have come out and said this stuff right out of the gate instead of saying growing the game and yada, 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 just say, Hey, look, I'm not healthy. I don't know if I stay on the PGA tour, when my next paycheck will be and how much it will be for. I know if I go here, they are going to hand me a hundred million dollars. This to show up. I'm going to just take that money because who amongst us would not do that. And so I feel like when you break it down like that, you know, it, it, it does, um, make a little more, little bit more sense. Obviously at the end of the day, you still also have to be okay with where the money is coming from, but that's a whole different story that we've talked about in the past. But I, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that he came out and said, you know, I wasn't healthy at the time. Had I been healthy? And then we saw four days of a very healthy, very right. much on point Brooks, who it was a reminder of, yeah, when this guy is feeling good and is on, he is, the best one of the best in in the world mm -hmm. at, at the game of golf so speaking of healthy brooks made a comment about um when they were having to wait on patrick cantley multiple times uh and that's a whole nother conversation in and of itself how slow he yeah. plays um but uh when they were having to wait on patrick cantley brooks made the comment that john rom had to went to the bathroom seven times and they were still waiting <laughs> Um, there ain't nothing healthy about that. That seems like, I mean, I know he was making a joke about that they waited a long time, but like, that's a lot of times to go pee <laughs> in a very short amount of time. I like, had the same thought. <laughs> should, we be, should we be concerned about John Rom's urinary tract? Yeah. Like, poor John. Oh, maybe he can take some of that money he just won and go see a, a urologist or something. <laughs> Poor to John Rom. I'm not uh, trying to that... start rumors. I just I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned for the man. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> yes, that's a really good point. And you know, when I saw the quote, um, the oh. fact of the matter is this: I mean, there was a really interesting. How do you even segue? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. Um, Awkward transition. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So, what's it's interesting hard to bring up John Rom's UTI. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, supposedly, yeah. maybe. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's all about awareness, John. If you're listening to this, and I know you're not, but um, when Brooks, uh, also, well, as you were both saying, I mean, eventually it got to the point where Augusta National, as it does. It has it has done so many times in the past it really is the great leveler and it really made people play a game that perhaps they weren't even comfortable playing and it's all about who can respond to that game that augusta wants you to play and of course john rom despite his many uh visits <laughs> off the tee box he responded in kind and he came through and I, you know as much as we say or at least as we believe that brooks is one of the best major players currently when he's on I don't think there's anyone on the planet that can beat John Rahm when he is on a hot streak. I mean, this is a guy that will just make 30, 30 footers like nothing putts that he has absolutely no purpose making. And he'll continue to just go on a birdie streak that you have to sit back. And Dan, I know you and I are big gamblers here. Um, I just sit back and I'm like, how 
can you even bet on something like that? I mean, it, it's incredible to see that man perform at that level for so long when he's on. And the, the craziest part is, is, so you think about it, he had the bad end of the draw this week from, from a weather perspective. He, he had the bad end of the draw. He starts the week with a double bogey. He finishes the week with a tee shot that doesn't even make it to the fairway. Usually when golfers are emulating what I'm doing on the golf course, they're not winning majors. And he won a major. I mean, you yeah, know, just, right. you know, but I mean, he, he battled the elements. He battled a double bogey. He battled Brooks Kepka and Spieth coming and making that charge a little bit on Sunday until he ran out of holes. And Phil made a little bit of a charge on Sunday until he ran out of holes. And there was just so many reasons and excuses for him not to win. And he still won and won convincingly. So, yeah, I mean, it's just there, there's a reason why come Sunday, I think I don't remember what the exact number was. Didn't you say you said he was um, he was minus uh, what, 350 at one point heading into Sunday, I think, or something, <laughs> something ridiculous, something, yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. Like he was the only golfer that was not a, a plus number mm -hmm. uh, at, at one point on Sunday. So that tells you that, you know, not only are we uh, impressed and blown away by what he does on a golf course, but uh, so is Vegas because they literally give him that much uh, respect that he was the only one not with a plus next to his name uh, yeah, with that right. number come Sunday. But we're also like, we're not, we're not thinking about the fact that, that his win yesterday was like ordained by the golf gods ahead of time. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't even realize it until, until yesterday when I woke up and, you know, saw, okay, this is what day it is. And saw people started posting about it. Like yesterday was Sevi's birthday. Yeah. And like, nobody loves Sevi more than Rom. Like, like John Rom looks up to Sevi more than anybody else in the world. Mm -hmm. And so for it to be his, his birthday on master Sunday, where Rom is in contention, like on, on Easter Sunday, like, I mean, for, mm -hmm. I mean, all of it, together there, there was no way that man was losing there was no I, way i think it was the anniversary of sevy's second green jacket too i believe yesterday on top yeah. of it also going, being his birthday yeah. so yeah i mean it was like the yeah. perfect like you said it was like the perfect storm of sevy spain miss mm -hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better term sevy yeah. spain miss yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no you're right nikki and i think even jim nance in the butler cabin um uh, ceremony he even mentioned that rom had tag number 49 you know 49 for you know the day and all that so i mean it, it's it was just a a marathon day that only the player who was firing on all cylinders to use a very tired cliche was going to pull ahead and you know it's it's sad to say that we kind of expected or suspected at least that brooks could falter a little bit he did um a little bit of the nerves dan like you had pointed out from rom on the 18th tee there you know a little bit of a duck hook and it luckily it you know it spit back out to right before the uh the fairway so we could make par but this was something that i think was a long time coming i fully anticipate you know rom create uh completing the career grand slam at some point you'd have to think he did i think this was his fourth win this year for crying out loud i mean th this guy is just on an absolute tear and it kind of gets to, which is kind of an unfortunate narrative that we're still going to deal with for the foreseeable future. And that is this live versus the PGA tour thing where of course, even the people I was sitting with at my in-laws house, my family, they were like, you know what? We don't really like those live tour guys. We really hope that this PGA tour guy wins. They don't know anything about John Rom. They've never watched John Rom before, but they would like, you know what? Adam doesn't like those live guys. So we want this guy to win. And I'm like, well, we can also just kind of like appreciate good golf too, you know, but what are your guys take on the whole thing? Did John Rahm win something for the PGA tour? I think um, he kept Jay Monahan's pants from being stained yesterday mm -hmm. um, and his Jay Monahan's tables from being flipped. That's for sure. Um, I know I, one of my, one of my best friends was over at our house yesterday and she, 
she knows Tiger Woods, like in terms of golf, like that's the extent of her golf knowledge. And so as we're sitting there talking and stuff and, you know, we're saying, you know, like, oh, look at this leaderboard. It's literally like two go- two live guys, two PGA guys, you know, and like she's sitting next to me and I literally see her go, what is live golf? Like, and so, you know, I'm seeing her Google different things and, you know, trying to keep up. And so I'm trying to fill her in. I'm trying to, okay, well, live is this and live is that, you know, I'm trying to update her and keep her posted. And she's like, but what, but why, why don't, why can't we just root for them? Why can't we just like, like them? And I'm like, well, we, we can, I mean, like, I'm not rooting against Brooks. Like we like Brooks. It'd be really cool to see Brooks win one. I do not want Phil to win it. Like he already has enough. It would be chaos if Phil won it. And I'm like, I'm trying to explain why it would be. She's like, why? But they're both on the live tour. So then I'm trying to explain why it would be more chaotic for Phil to win than Brooks to win, even though they're both on the live tour. And it's, she's like, but, but I know Phil, Phil's an older guy. Don't we, wouldn't we like him? Is it, wouldn't it be really cool for the old guy to win? And I'm like, no, no. So it just became, you know, this big explanation. And I think for, for the, for a casual golf fan, for someone who's not like, you know, sickos like us, mm-hmm. they are very confused why we care so much because to them just sitting down yesterday to watch the masters, it was like, these guys are playing really well. Why can't we just root for them? Like right. Phil yeah. is it, it, to be as old as he is to do what he did yesterday was crazy. And yet I'm sitting there going, man, you know, like, <laughs> but this then like Nick- I, to, to think about it afterwards, like, that that man like he did something yesterday that was you know unbelievable to be the leader in the clubhouse for as long as he was yesterday was was insane but yeah. yet i still sat there on the couch going oh i really hope like somebody has to win like somebody has to beat him like i really hope that they hold out because i can't wait let phil win like that right. was that 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 was ridiculous of me to have that thought nikki to her friend yesterday that was 100 percent me yes for sure dan what's your so, take on this did, did did john rom save the pga tour no no because it i i don't think it really needs to be saved um i don't think he saved it i don't think that it would have I don't even know if Rory winning yesterday would have necessarily quote unquote saved it um i will say that I, i've had some time to sleep on it um there, there was a point yesterday where honestly, I, I was almost live golf aside. I was kind of pulling for Brooks strictly because of that episode of, of uh, full swing though, because mm-hmm. now it's like, he's been so humanized that it's like, man, I would love to now see him just like all of us in life when we're really, really down on ourselves. And that feeling you get when you realize, okay, I still can do this. Like that you've reaffirmed that like you're good. And so I could only imagine that feeling that he would have had if that, I'm good now would have been winning the masters. Um, <laughs> so there was a point where I'm like, man, I almost wish I like, I, I think it'd be really kind of cool to see Brooks to win. Um, and then my other thought was in a traditional sense, I would like to say that live won yesterday because they had Brooks tie for second. They had Phil yeah. come out of nowhere and do what he did. And in, in a normal setting, I would say live absolutely won yesterday. The only reason why I'm not saying they did win yesterday. And the only problem they're going to have is that, in a couple of weeks, well, first off, they don't have a tournament next week, so they they can't build off of it like tomorrow. Like the PGA Tour can build off of it tomorrow, even though they don't need to. If right. Live really needed to have had a tournament next week, and they're not, they don't. So by the time they come back in three weeks or for whenever it is, like everyone's going to have already forgotten about what happened in the Masters. And then even for the ones that don't, half half the people that may be like, oh, well, now I'll go ahead and watch Live because Brooks and filler in it and like they're playing really well aren't going to know where to find it or aren't going to be able to get it because as you pointed out multiple times to us adam you couldn't even watch the live events if you wanted to because in your town in your your cable companies your your local local providers do not have a channel that live is on and there are so many others and there are so many others that even if you do have a cw affiliate the affiliates choosing not to air it or they're choosing only air you know so they don't have the they don't have the TV capabilities to get people more involved, and they don't have a tournament this week. So in this world of what have you done for me lately, and what happened mm-hmm. five minutes ago, they're they 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 can't build off of it because they don't have a structure set up to be able to do so. And that's the only reason why I don't think they won. They won yeah. as much as they could, but in order to a fully won, they they aren't set up to be able to fully take advantage of what happened yesterday because they don't have a better TV deal and they don't have a tournament this week. 
Well, to your point, um, I don't think I saw Dustin Johnson hit a golf shot in four days. And, no. you know, I love Dustin Johnson. I, I think he's a fantastic player, obviously. But, uh, you know, I haven't seen him hit a golf ball in a very long time. And as a fan of the game, the way that and, and this is a completely different podcast episode, I know. But as a fan of the game, it's hard to it's disappointing to not see that. You know, and it's just the way that the state of the game is right now, unfortunately. Uh, you did, and I know we that we're even, a little bit over. Go ahead. We didn't even see much of Cam Smith and think about no, like he's, he's, I mean, <laughs> and the little bit we did see of him. I know Nikki was talking about a friend of hers doesn't really watch golf. I had a friend over on Saturday who doesn't watch much golf either. And his wife was watching and she goes, Is he, he should be a NASCAR driver <laughs> because, you know, he's got <laughs> yeah. the, the mullet he's and the, the mustache and everything. Yeah. But, you know, from the little bit that we did see of him, and I mean, think about the year that Cam Smith had last year on the PGA Tour. A, a guy like that, you would expect to be like shown pr- featured in a lot on your master's coverage. And uh, did we even see him on Sunday? I'm, I'm trying to think if we even saw him yesterday. I know we saw him a little bit on Saturday, but I, I yeah. don't remember. I, I, there's nothing that stands out much of what he did this week either. As far as TV coverage no. goes. No, absolutely not. Well, I know that we're, uh, we're a little bit over our, our usual time, which is fine, but something that I believe uh, Dan, you alluded to as well was the tournament follow-up and, Boy, I mean, really quickly, we've got a tournament follow-up in the PGA Tour this week. It's an elevated event. It's a designated event. And Rory withdraws. I would imagine it's Monday when we're recording this. There's going to be other WDs that come out of this. What were they thinking making a designated event, elevated event, the day after a major or the week after a major? The irony in that as well is that if you are to believe all these reports and everything that has happened in this last year of golf, Rory had a lot to do with these elevated events. And so the irony in that Rory was the first one to withdraw from it. Uh, and now that he did, I, I'm like you said, this is Monday when we're recording this, I fully expect him to be the first of now many. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there that were probably waiting to see who was going to be the first one to do it. And that now somebody has done it. Now they'll go ahead. And, I mean, could either of you see John Rom now teeing it up in another three days after he just won the mat? No, 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 absolutely no. not. Um, I know he's you know, got to so- go get a checkup. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jordan Spieth is a defending champion. Like Nikki mentioned, it's probably the only reason why he'll be there because he came out basically last night, I think it was, and said how fatigued he is. But I'm sure he probably feels some sort of obligation to play as the defending champion this week. But I'm sure if you got him in a room by himself and asked him, do you really want to be there? He'd probably say no. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, among the many things that the tour is going to need to figure out as far as these elevated events go for next year, they should probably better place them on the schedule because essentially – with the uh, minus the Honda and the Valspar, these guys have essentially played for what two months straight. Cause you started mm-hmm. in California with those elevated events. Uh, you came to Florida where pretty much everything, but the Honda and a Valspar was an elevated event. You threw the match play in there, which was a, you know, WGC event. And then, and then a major, like these guys, I mean, I know you want them to play a lot more, but you got to give them a break or else they're going to burn out. And then what it's, what kind of quality product are you going to get at that point? If these guys are essentially just going through the motions for two days, missing a cut and going home. I think they probably just saw the location of the event. And I mean, cause I, we've been to um, the heritage before, you know, we, we have a place in Hilton head. We go all the time and um, heritage. Is, it's a great tournament. It's a very fun tournament. Um, it's, I think they, their slogan is what, like the plaid party or something. Right. And I think um, because of that, like that, quote unquote, the party environment is why they were like, oh, let's capitalize on that. You know, it did really well at the waste management. Let's capitalize on that for um, the the heritage. But I don't think they considered the, the, the schedule, the immediate back to back and really just how daunting the masters is being the very first major and not, not just the very first major, it's the major. Mm-hmm. It's like the one that everybody puts all the work into like pretty much all season long gearing up for it. And then, I mean, uh, as a fan, I've got a hangover from it. I can't imagine as a player how they're feeling. And one of the reasons why we enjoyed going as a fan was because it was like, I mean, yeah, they have the, the quote unquote party environment, but as a, from a tournament standpoint, it was more low key and we didn't have to worry about like, it's going to be so crowded because Tiger's going to be here. It's going to be so crowded and we're not going to be able to see anybody because Rory's here. You know, like I think the biggest name we saw when we went was like Matt Kuchar, you know, like 
not to put down Matt Kuchar, but you know, he's no tiger. Um, no. I think well, maybe, I think DJ maybe, cause he's, he's sponsored by RBC, but um, you know, like I, I, well, not anymore. Um, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, to make it a designated event and for all of these guys to have to, to have to go now, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's putting a lot on them. Um, there was a co- Twitter conversation uh, today, Monday, when we're recording this, um, and about this being a designated event and how, like, you guys got to give us as the fans to a break. And Shane Bacon slid in with a comment that I'll read here that was absolutely fantastic. And it basically sums up, you know, kind of reiterates what Nikki was talking about with her hangover there. He said, well, I've been gone for eight days and my wife is juggling a three and a one-year-old. So even if it was the U.S. Open, I'd probably have to skip it until Sunday or she might, quote unquote, go out for milk. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of an overload that they're, they're, they're kind of throwing on all of us, uh, not just the, the golfers, but also us fans. I mean, yeah, Adam, I'm sure you can attest to this. We basically got uh, what uh, a full day yesterday on the, on the couch, kind of, uh, kind of scot-free. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I can go ahead and get that in another three days. now. <laughs> I don't think no. that's going to, that's going to play well uh, in my household. So yeah, uh, they need no. to spread it out a little bit for us. <laughs> I've, I've been told numerous times by my doctor, I have to continue to stay active. And so a day like that yesterday is just not going to do well for, for me. And no, so no. It, this is going to be a developing story throughout the week. And you're going to be able to see all the comments that we have about it. There will be takes. You could follow each of us at our uh, Twitter handles. You could see them on screen. If you're watching on YouTube, it's Nikki Dunnigan at Nikki Dunnigan and then Dan Hauser at Dan Hauser Golf. You can follow me at Adam J. Fonseca on my personal account, but you could follow all of us at Golf Unfiltered to see all the other things that we're going to be saying. Maybe there's going to be other WDs for the heritage. You never know. But in the meantime, guys, it's always great to get back together with you. It was a fantastic tournament to watch. Listeners, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered and all the social media places. And if you like T-shirts... This is a shameless plug or hats. <laughs> go out to our go out to our shop uh, on the website golfunfiltered.com slash shop. And you can find a couple cool, cool things there. So Nikki, Dan, thanks so much for hopping on. Listeners, we'll talk again next week. Thanks.